most people love football in Africa, so <laughs> FIFA is definitely top of the list. FIFA, Tekken, Street Fighter and Fortnite are really big on the continent. Welcome back to the Global Startup Movement, where every week we bring you conversations, insights, and innovation highlights from emerging startup ecosystems all over the world. I'm your host, Angie Berkowitz, and I am joined today by Douglas Ogeto, who is the co-founder and CEO of Ludic Works, which is Africa's fastest growing and award-winning video game publishing company, game development accelerator, and dedicated game fund that is committed to growing the video game development and esports industry on the continent. Uh, they currently have the largest community of game developers across 16 African countries, as well as esports in 24 African countries. Uh, and so we're about to dive into the current state of esports on the African continent, uh, the challenges that Africa faces in developing a more mature esports industry. Uh, but Douglas, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Andrew, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So you are based right now where? In, in Nairobi? Yes, that's correct. Uh, based out of Nairobi, uh, the capital city of Kenya. I know you spend time going back and forth between Kigali and Nairobi. So which g- g- give me like a compare and contrast of living in, in Kigali versus living in, in Nairobi. So I lived in Kigali for three years. Um, I'm born and raised um, in, in Kenya, but I happen to have a beautiful three years in Kigali. Um, about from 2012 to about 2015. I think the beauty of Kigali is that, you know, it's a small, beautiful city. Definitely for those who've been in Nairobi know the traffic in Nairobi. So, you know, the beauty of Kigali is that, you know, at any given point, you know, you can get to most places within 15 minutes. Um, so I, I love the cosmopolitan aspect of Kigali. It's small, there's a lot of love. At least, you know, people are friendly, just like they are in Nairobi. In terms of business, it's definitely a good place for, you know, a young entrepreneur. Because, you know, given that it's a small city, uh, has a cosmopolitan aspect to it, you know, it's you can definitely be able to test your innovations. And then uh, based on what you're able to learn, you know, you could then scale that idea to the neighboring cities like Kenya, at least, which is a much more larger market and also diverse as well. Um, climate is definitely good, um, and I guess the quality of life uh, is also good as well. So I think those might be some of the things that I did love about the city. Cool. Well, let's get into things. So give us an idea of like when you first started to get into the African esports area, what initially piqued your interest in the space? You'd probably say I stumbled into esports by chance, <laughs> um, given that my co-founder then his name is Nathan Masiko, had been within the esports industry for over the last 12 years. So he and I kind of started the video game uh, journey together. But in the course of that uh, forming of Ludic Works, uh, we definitely saw the opportunity for esports. So mine would possibly be, you know, some say baptism by fire. So I kind of have had to learn esports the hard way, but it's pretty much interesting and there's quite a lot of opportunity uh, both here in Nairobi, but also across the African continent in terms of young people playing, whether playing for fun or, or aiming to play professionally. And have there been any like formalized esports leagues that have formed? Because I, I know one of the limitations specifically in Africa and competing with the international 
players is the fact that there's not really uh, a lot of local servers that teams are able to actually play off of. And so like, what is the current, give us an idea of like the current state of the esports industry across the continent. So in terms of esports, there's definitely great appetite. We have definitely, at least uh, over the last three years, seen quite a, a big curve in terms of growth within esports uh, in different countries. Uh, in terms of national leagues, you know, most people organize themselves. You know, you definitely, I mean, in Nairobi, um, since you've been here, for example, we have hoods. Um, and then with this, within this hoods, you know, we definitely have, you def- might have that friend who has like a PlayStation or Xbox, you know, where you always go to play every so often. Definitely this has led to some people, uh, you know, forming teams where they play online against each other, but now also these teams grouping together to play against other, whether across the continent uh, or even playing against other people across um, outside the continent as well. And then we also have people who are super passionate about esports. They are also now, you know, running tournaments in each of the respective countries, you know, whether East, South, North or Central Africa. And they are trying to now support this uh, talent and then see, you know, how can we be able to bring them as a land party, compete on a country level and hopefully provide prize money. And then this has also now grown to the next level where some of these teams are trying to play professionally across continents and also, you know, taking part in international leagues. Um, unfortunately, most of the good teams from the continent have not been able to play competitively with their counterparts across the region just because, you know, uh, just because they're from Africa, they kind of not allowed to participate in the leagues. You definitely know, you know, when you sign up to a game, your IP address is definitely, uh, you, one can see where your IP address is. So unfortunately, most of them from Africa um, have not been given the chance to participate. Only recently, I'm not sure it's good to name the, 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 the publisher, but they did set up a server in Africa. And fortunately enough, uh, some of these teams are now allowed to play competitively. Um, and we're hoping that with time, you know, this will be the case with other publishers where they do also open up uh, their servers and team and leagues to allow people from Africa to actually compete. To your second point, I definitely agree. One of the hindrances has been that we don't have many servers on the continent. Uh, from most of these publishers. So this definitely, you know, creates that barrier to allow our people to actually compete uh, globally. But we are seeing, you know, they again are warming up where hopefully with time we'll be able to see more publishers bringing their servers on the continent. Sometimes one might say that there's no infrastructure on the continent, uh, but surprisingly, or um, to most people's amazement, we do have good fiber connectivity even so much uh, better compared to some parts of the global, uh, some of the countries globally. Got it. And so, I mean, who would you say are the current stakeholders that are pushing forward a more formalized African esports league? Is it is it mostly a grassroots movement that's forming, or are there you know serious top down efforts from game publishers to actually you know invest in Africa and invest in creating the necessary infrastructure to support a league? Um, I'd say at least uh, most of the players within the market are trying are definitely uh, pushing to uh, get publishers to open up and bring their servers. You know, we are a co-founding member of the Africa Esports Championship. Uh, you know, where we are running esports leagues across the continent with our 
other members across the continent. We are definitely looking to lobby this. Um, and then we also have federations. Uh, for example, there's the ESFA, the Electronic Sports Federation of Africa, uh, looking to use platforms such as this to be able to, you know, have the publishers get, you know, more of their infrastructure on the continent. Um, <clears throat> and also people... Uh, institutions or organizations that do run some of these leagues in their respective countries, uh, they are also lobbying um, for this as well. When you come to the corporate side, you know, uh, infrastructure providers are also trying to see, you know, connectivity providers are trying to ensure that connectivity is seamless across the continent. They are also, you know, reaching out to some of these publishers and saying, hey, we do have servers, we do have connectivity, how can you get your con content or servers um, on this infrastructure and be able to push push this out. So I'd say most of the players within the space, you know, including ourselves, we are definitely trying to do our part uh, to get Africa noticed, uh, but more so ensure that we get a level playing field uh, for esports to ensure that there's a level playing field across the globe. Got it. And so tell us more about Ludic Works. Uh, so you are Africa's fastest growing video game publishing company. Can you give us some insight into some of the games that you've developed for the continent? Like, are you focused on mobile gaming? Um, and what do you think is needed for more African-developed games to actually serve the local market? Because I'm assuming that most of the games that are played, even in the esports arena in Africa, are you know international games like Fortnite and um, you know some of the major games. Um, so, so the genesis you know, of Ludicrox was uh, basically, you know, one of my co-founder was Do Ateki. You know, uh, had been able to do the whole cycle, designing, developing, and producing games for an organization he worked before. Um, myself also a techie, but with a business, business dev partnerships kind of uh, background. Um, you know, we had discussions and we realized, hey, you know, there are pockets of game developers across the continent, uh, but these developers really did not know each other. Um, and to build a game, you really need diverse skill sets, you know, whether front-end, back-end, 3D artist, um, a game designer, etc. Um, and then we said, hey, um, in order to build this industry, we definitely need to bring the community together. So over the last three years, we've been able to build a community of over 500 game developers as across 16-plus African countries. Um, and through this community is now where we are seeing studios and indie developers forming and definitely looking to build games that you know will be consumed both on the continent as well as globally um in terms of games we've uh, published uh, we haven't we don't have any games public public yet but we do have uh, games from the community that we're looking to publish uh, in the very near future in terms of games we do focus on, we do focus on all platforms, uh, mobile, PC, and console. But definitely the biggest uh, portfolio will come from the mobile section, just because, you know, Africa is mobile first, uh, but also since mobile provides the least barrier to entry. Most of these game developers are self-taught, so, you know, they're able to build stuff simple. Um, but we're also seeing maturity in some of the studios who are now looking to actually diverse um, and also build PC as well as console games in the near future as well. Given that most of the game developers are self-taught, you know, we don't have that many institutions that you can be able to, you know, go for either diploma, degree and learn game design. Um, so you'd probably say that that that's the reason why we do have a lot of mobile games. But as some of this 
platforms open up, we'll definitely see more PC games and, and AAA games coming out from the con continent. Right. I mean, it makes sense that mobile would be the big platform that people are gaming on. Like, do you know the penetration numbers when it comes to actually console gaming? Like, do a, do a lot of the main, the esports communities that you're building across the continent, like, do people have PS4? Is it Xbox One? Are people gaming on PC? Like, what, what, what are the big platforms that people are gaming on? Um, so when it comes to AAA, most of the games are PC. Uh, I mean, sorry, PC and then on console, sorry, uh, it's more like PlayStation. So PlayStation has the largest penetration across the continent. Um, and one, one factor that, you know, has recently been able to aid this is uh, traditionally we had, you know, prior to uh, internet uh, being affordable, we had what we call cyber cafes. Um, and now that internet is affordable and people have fiber to the home, uh, we are seeing a flip of these cyber cafes now becoming uh, gaming dens. So, you know, when you go to these gaming dens or gaming hubs, you will definitely find at least three or four uh, PlayStations. Um, and then where in, in a couple of cases, you definitely find also an Xbox One, for example. So PlayStation for now, but Xbox is also definitely coming up in the near future as well. And I mean, right, right now, what are the biggest games that are actually like getting uh, traction in terms of like people committing themselves to getting esports league ready? For example, is Fortnite a big platform? Right uh, yes, it is. So when we did run our Africa esports championship last year, we did a survey, you know, across the different countries just to understand what games are people playing, what infrastructure do they have that will allow the respective games to be played. So we had like FIFA, Mortal Kombat, Tekken, and Fortnite coming up uh, pretty much on top. You know, most people love football in Africa, so <laughs> FIFA is definitely top of the list. FIFA, Tekken, Street Fighter, and Fortnite are really big on the continent. Um, and, then, and then I guess for mobile, you know, we also have now PUBG um, that most people are also looking to play as well. When it comes to actually creating a formalized esports league across the continent, whether like countries have formal teams, I mean, how, how far away do you think we are from that? Um, and, and like, what are the biggest hindrances beyond just lack of servers that are actually stopping Africa from getting there? Um, I'd, I'd say it's a journey. Um, it's a journey that we will definitely get there in the next, you know, two to three years. If if you look at, um, you know, maybe Europe, China, we do have companies that, you know, provide prize sponsorship. Uh, some of these teams have coaches that, you know, are able to help them with the day-to-day. -day. For example, you know, you need you also need good machines, you know, where you can be able to play, you know, constantly to be able to up, up, up your game. And then also just the idea of, you know, gaming as a professional career. You know, most of the Af parents in Africa might not necessarily see their kid uh, moving towards that direction. Uh, but we are seeing, you know, most parents warming up to this idea. So it's, I'd say it's a combination of education uh, for parents just to understand that, hey, the, the kids can play this thing uh, professionally. Uh, we do need more talent, you know, coaches that can come in and say, hey, I'm happy to work with this uh, you know, this team or this individual and upskill their game. And then also just the aspect of uh, prize money, this will definitely ensure that, you know, sustainability of some some of these things. Uh, but I'd, I'd probably give it a close, you know, two to in the next two to five years, we'll definitely see um, a spike in, in terms of these teams being recognized globally. Got it. And I, I do want to close with um, Ambitious Africa, because I did see that you're the Kenya League for that organization. Um, and so, so I think w from, from what I saw of it, it's kind of an organization that's helping to connect 
some of the Nordic entrepreneurship spirit with Africa? Is that is that is that a yeah, that's correct, correct assessment? So, <clears throat> Ambitious Africa, you know, was born by um, the gentleman Mr. B- Peter Bestabaka, uh, former Angry Birds, uh, mighty eagle at Angry Birds, um, and the whole idea is basically, you know, now that you know. People are saying flatten the curve, but um, in, if you look at it the other way, how does people in Africa connect with people in China or people in Nordic ATC? Um, and the whole idea is to be able to connect both markets, the Nordics and Africa, um, where you know Africans could learn from uh, Nordics and, and vice versa. So what we are looking, uh, or rather what we are doing, is uh, three pillars: education, entrepreneurship, and entertainment. Uh, we definitely know that uh, Finland is, uh, you know, when it comes to education they're really on top when it comes to entertainment and gaming specifically they also have like the largest number of gaming studios per square cup uh, per capita yes 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 correct thanks um so you know we're looking to see you know how do we leverage some of the strong points um, you know where we could definitely uh, leverage each other so um there have been you know we've been having what we call national days and these are days where we do have panels uh you know both from the continent and from Nordic, uh, just to ensure and, and create knowledge exchange. So in a nutshell, we're trying to connect both markets, both for students, entrepreneurs, and even corporates to be able to connect, collaborate, and work together. Awesome. Well, I know you got some food coming on the way, so I don't want to stop you from that. But is there uh, anything that we uh, we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure that we, uh, we touch um, on? I'd say... I'd say Africa is open. Uh, Africa is open to collaborate. Uh, we do have skills. We do have talent. Um, and definitely people should watch out. <laughs> we, are coming, we are coming big. Uh, but also just to say that, you know, we invite collaborators. We are open for partnerships. And most importantly, we are open for doing business. I think uh, most people, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the picture that most people have of Africa is, you know, maybe a begging nation. But uh, contrary to that, you know, we are here. We are we are spending. We do have spending power, um, and we're looking to co- collaborate uh, for mutual benefit. Awesome. Well, Douglas Ogeto, co-founder and CEO of Ludic Works, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. It's been a it's been a pleasure.